0: Hello, welcome to Ona, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, we take part ourselves.
1: Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher.
0: I'm Carrie Poppy, and we are taking you back, 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 back to CDP2? CDP2. Consciousness Mm -hmm. Development Program 2.
1: Day one.
0: Day one. At
1: the IAC, the International Academy of Consciousness, the student head. (laughs) So before we took you back to 2015, now Mm -hmm. we're taking you back to 2016. Yeah. Look how quickly you're approaching the future. So you'll kind of see where our heads were at in 2016. Yeah. Also, we didn't check what we had called Neil in the first episode. Oh, right.
0: So we call him Eddie.
1: Yeah, we gave him a different fake name.
0: So, Neil and Eddie, that's the same guy.
1: For all you Neil fans out there. So, enjoy. And here's Ross and Carrie from 2016. We Woo! are going to travel back through the ethereal realm.
0: We will astral travel. We want to. We'll see.
1: All right. So, we went back. Now, this is confession time. Our last episode
0: <laughs> yeah, this of is CDP. confession slash time travel time.
1: That's right. There is time travel in this episode because CDP part one with the IAC, Mm -hmm. took place back in, I think it was July of 2015. That's right. And it is now September of 2016.
0: And who knows when it is that you're listening to this. Yeah,
1: who knows when you're going to hear this. Ross
0: might be dead.
1: It's possible. Because this class, the CDP, goes on for four modules. And we want to take them all, I think. We do. We thought
0: we were going to stop after module two, but we've decided to stick with it.
1: Got to catch them all, as the kids are saying these days.
0: Because of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Or at least they did in 2016 when we recorded (laughs) this.
1: So (laughs) they offer this class maybe once a month, but sometimes they'll skip months. And it's a 10-hour class, each module, across two days. So you go in for five hours on a Saturday. And then it's five hours on a Sunday, and that's hard to set aside. Five and
0: a half hours if you count lunch.
1: And six hours if you count it just going over, which it did. Right,
0: which it does, yeah.
1: Now, for those of you who have maybe forgotten, because I don't blame you, or maybe you haven't listened to the first part, which you should, CDP is the Consciousness Development Program.
0: (laughs) Is it program?
1: I think it's program.
0: Okay, you're probably right.
1: The Consciousness Development Program.
0: Protocol. Program. Protocol. Pro- Pro- program. Protocol. Mm. Call hmm. call hmm. call times
1: a thousand, <laughs> and it's with the IAC, the International Academy of Consciousness. Cuckoo. The, uh, <laughs> no, definitely consciousness. Okay, these people are focused on teaching you how to travel out of your body. To yeah, have out of body experiences and to astrally travel within the astral realm. Now, I know you're used to these three dimensions that you inhabit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe three and a half dimensions, really, if you consider time. We kind of move one direction through Mm -hmm. this time dimension, loosely referred to as the fourth dimension. But the IAC firmly believes that there are many more dimensions. Yes. Many more. And they want to help you to get into them. So who knows when we will reconvene for parts three and four of this class. But we don't want to release the episodes. And then they're like, oh, you make a podcast go away. So. so,
0: we're gonna hold on to these, so they'll all just be released in one big clump.
1: I hope you enjoy them future. Yeah, I, I hope they sound good when you're wearing silver pants
0: and I <laughs> everything's silver in the future. Yeah, boy. oh my gosh, the new president will be president when this is released.
1: Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah, that's and interesting. W- we are we are speaking from Obama land.
0: God, I really I I'm mean, gonna I miss say Obama this, right? I just really, really hope it's not Donald Trump.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: It's okay for me to say that, right? Yeah. And just, just really hope it's not that.
1: Well, if Trump becomes president, I am becoming a Muslim immediately.
0: Oh, yeah, you said that.
1: I'm going down to and my nearest I'm... mosque and uh, growing my beard out.
0: Cool, man. And then you're going to get kicked out, and then I'm not going to have a show partner. Mm. So, if Trump is president, I'm holding auditions.
1: Oh, for a this replacement my Ross? Yes. Well, your name has to be Ross, because it's right there in the show. Okay,
0: that's fair. They're if, out there. My announcement right now is, if you're listening to this, and if... Trump is president, which I don't know. But if he is, then, and your name is Ross, please email me because I need you. Because my Ross left.
1: No, this is an important message. got deported. Right. I'm on the other side of a big wall. Yep. I had to help pay for it. (laughs)
0: You got deported to Mexico for being a Muslim. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Foreign policy reflects his knowledge of world politics. Right. So we went back. To the same place we'd been to before on Sepulveda Boulevard. Yep. Oh man, long drive getting over there.
0: Yes, it is. It's in Culver City. Same
1: brick building, same upstairs location, and same instructors.
0: Yes. That
1: impressed me. We come back 14 months later, and we've got the exact same woman instructor on the first day. Mm -hmm. I think we called her Irma. Irma. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if we gave a name to the guy from the second class. We didn't? Let's call him Eddie.
0: We didn't give him a name at all?
1: Not that I recall. Well, hopefully
0: our listeners all remember and can still switch over.
1: Same guy, but I'm calling him Eddie.
0: Okay, Eddie. So on the first day we get there, Irma's in there. Mm -hmm. We're about... Twelve minutes early, and we're yeah, like,
1: "Proud of ourselves." Hang
0: on, we gotta go get tacos.
1: Yeah, I was hungry.
0: You were hungry. Yeah,
1: and we had brought. Uh, actually, you did most of the bringing this time. We were gonna get serious about you know trying to travel out of body. So we had brought yoga mats, mm-hmm. and by we I mean Carrie, mm-hmm. and we had brought sheets, and by we I mean Carrie, mm-hmm. and we brought pillows,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and by we I mean both of us.
0: Yeah, you didn't want my gross ass pillow Ew, that my no. face had touched. Ugh. Jesus Christ! Not Ugh. my face. Oh. <laughs> I intentionally, though, brought one blanket that is a blanket I gave Drew for Christmas that has <laughs> like 40 photos of us on it. It's yes. like a collage blanket.
1: Uh, uh, photos of you and your your dog, Miss Ella.
0: Yes. And Drew. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's intense to look at. So I was like, <laughs> bring that.
1: Yeah. So we got to find out why they have cubbies at the back of the class. Mm-hmm. It's because you, that stuff. you can put your stuff in there. So we did. And then we went and got our burrito or I did.
0: And Irma glanced at the clock when we were like, we're just going to grab a snack. And she's like, oh, oh well, OK. Uh, <laughs> well, it looks like everyone's late anyway. So go ahead. Yeah,
1: we were the only ones just, there. Just
0: make sure you get something light. And We're like, sure. The burrito place. <laughs> got it. <laughs>
1: A burrito the size of my forearm—that's light.
0: Yes, got it. No problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we came back and we're like, oh no, we're like eight minutes late, and so we come back, we're still, still the only, only ones there. And I remember as we were walking up the stairs, I was like, oh no, wouldn't that be like really embarrassing if like we were the only ones in the class? <laughs> and we walk in, and we're the only ones in the class.
0: We came in, and she's a little irked, and she's like, okay, well, it looks like everyone's still late, so we're just going to begin. And she said, we're going to look at some other paranormal stuff in this class. Yeah. Which is kind of an ooh, exciting way yeah, to start. Yeah, Especially with Halloween coming up. So
1: yeah, we took up our seats in the front right. And then another woman did come in. And uh, it's interesting. She didn't look like the type. Hmm. If, if I saw her out on the street, I wouldn't be like, oh, she's definitely going to the out-of-body class.
0: I don't think I, I can picture her pretty well. I I wouldn't have put her in either category. I guess
1: like all her clothes were color coordinated and felt very kind of pristine and pressed, and like uh-huh. she just looked like a very in control kind of person. Uh huh. And I know um, what you're saying. Yeah, wouldn't have expected her there. So she came in, sat down, smiled, mm-hmm. and then eventually, many more minutes later, another woman came and sat behind us. I call her Lady Number Two in my notes.
0: In my notes, she is called Annoying Woman, <laughs> and later we found out her name. So you learned found something about. Her her
1: already but we'll call her
0: we'll call her judy
1: all right you were on to something she was kind of annoying
0: oh my god she was so annoying but yeah we (laughs) didn't know she was annoying yet it's not like she sat down annoyingly
1: what did you call her in your notes before she became annoying
0: Oh, a second person has arrived. Ah. Now there are three women plus Ross.
1: That's closer to my own lady number two yes. nomenclature.
0: Yes, because that wasn't annoying for her to arrive. <laughs> but she did pretty soon after that start talking about how she couldn't get there because of traffic and just sort of making it all about why she was late. And it's just like, you're late. Okay, well, no one cares. No one cares why you're late.
1: <laughs> I want to learn late. about the paranormal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This this is always kind of a pet peeve of mine when someone's like, I just need you to know that I'm not usually late. It's just like, I don't care. (laughs) But you were like, okay, (laughs) I don't need this story, especially from a stranger. Like, why do you care whether I know whether you're usually late? And then it turned out she obviously is usually late. She was late the second day.
1: Very late, yeah. Come
0: on. And she blamed it on Mercury being in retrograde in, in a non-ironic way. Yeah, she was definitely moving toward
1: annoying on that yeah. on that stroke. Yeah. So now we were all assembled for the class. Yep. So we launched right into it. We learned about Altered States.
0: Yes, uh, the name of one of my favorite books. Who wrote that found, book? No, that was Paddy Chayefsky.
1: Oh. 2018 Ross again altered states. I saw the movie now.
0: Oh, uh, yes. How was it? My
1: friends Jacqueline and Mike lent me their copy. And there's just wild flashing visuals. It was a really mm-hmm. interesting effects film. For the, Yeah,
0: it's Ken Russell.
1: For the early 80s, I think it was. So there were lots of prosthetics and rapidly cut videos showing Jesus on the cross, but he's got a goat head and it's got many eyes. You Sounds should watch great. it. You should watch it just for the goat head.
0: I have the Blu-ray and somehow haven't watched it yet. Oh, wow. But I love Ken Russell and I love the book Altered States and it just still hasn't happened. Oh, wow. I got to watch it.
1: Is it a, a gift that someone got you or you bought it like, oh, I'm pretty sure states.
0: I got it. Because I, if I recall correctly, it was like a $5 Blu-ray and I was like, oh, okay. Renting it was going to be 3 or $4. So.
1: Oh, I've bought many Blu-rays that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Back to whatever <laughs> we about. Back to
0: our blissful ignorance of 2016. But we learned that the term altered state was coined by Charles Tart.
1: Oh, yeah. He'd come up in the last class because he was the one who did the investigation with the woman who supposedly could out of body up to the top of the ceiling and see numbers that were concealed there. Right. But then turns out that maybe the experimenter had fallen asleep and she had just stood up.
0: (laughs) And so when we're awake, everything is connected, Right. Yes, we aren't projected. I'm going so, with you here, sure. So everything's connected. Our spiritual body, mm-hmm. our—you
1: might say—that our four vehicles are our in coincidence. Four
0: vehicles are in coincidence. They love to use these little jargony terms when ordinary language would. Do. Yeah,
1: vehicles always made me chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> they would say that.
0: But it's nothing can beat Earth suit.
1: <laughs> no, but that wasn't the teacher, that was, no, that was uh, the someone, other carry.
0: Someone who attended it at the yeah. first
1: class. Yeah, I think vehicles made me chuckle on the way like back in Sunday school, you know, I chuckle when all the disciples were in one accord. Oh. It's like, <laughs> like a Honda Accord. <laughs> you said vehicle.
0: You know, vehicles kinda bums me out because it makes me think of Heaven's Gate a little bit. Because they talked
1: about the oh, vehicles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing it down. Sorry. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, the whole idea of altered states is totally legitimate fact that uh, people can take certain drugs. Your body can produce chemicals of its own. There's many ways to get in altered states. Sleeping is an altered state. Their definition was kind of this uh, discoincidence thing that you get out of sync with other people's reality.
0: Right. And your physical experience and your spiritual experience become out of sync, I think is kind of more important.
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: That's the impression I get.
1: So they give lots of examples of like people with adrenaline rushes or people who run a marathon or done some sort of like extreme physical activity.
0: And said that during marathons, sometimes they'll disconnect and like people will have out of body experiences and then snap back. And Irma said, and it's a good thing that they do or, you know, the runner would just fall to the ground suddenly because body the would be the animating completely... principle is missing. Right. Yeah, the body would be completely abandoned.
1: She also mentioned ayahuasca and and other drugs.
0: Yeah, and And, she was kind of tap dancing around that a little.
1: Yeah, and and definitely was like uh, poo-pooing it, saying, oh, well, that's not a good way to go about this. If that's effective, though, that says something about the physicality of the body and how chemicals can do this to you. So, you know, what does that say? And she's like, oh, yeah, definitely a great area for research, but we can't research these things because they're illegal.
0: Right, and then I was like, "Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot of psilocybin research that's legal." Yeah, which is definitely true. There's tons. I mean, it is, it is hard, to, but
1: she wanted to, to move right, past, right along.
0: But I, yeah, but it definitely exists. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say she was totally poo pooing it. I think it was more like we can't be telling you to take right. drugs. Yeah, so I think that was the important thing. Is like <laughs> we as the
1: IAC do not encourage drug R- use.
0: Right, so. Please stop asking me.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. It kind of
0: reminds me of my sixth grade teacher. The school wasn't allowed to let the students use whiteout, which was such a stupid rule.
1: Because they're going to huff whiteout?
0: Yeah, I guess. Like, the teacher obviously knew this was stupid. So whenever kids would ask about it, she would be like, I cannot see you using (laughs) whiteout. It's very important that I never see you using whiteout.
1: (laughs) Wink. Yeah. Oh, she even mentions oxygen deprivation is having that kind of effect of putting you in an altered state, and they say like, "and we're going to try that tomorrow." <laughs> we're like,
0: "very exciting." Oh, thing we're going to
1: deprive oxygen. I, hmm. I okay.
0: Got, how much will we deprive it?
1: <laughs> yeah, we oh, <laughs> kind of need oxygen.
0: Yeah, I'd like to hear more about that, please.
1: Boy, but talk about the opposite of an oxygen bar.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But that really excited me when she said that.
1: And I had this sudden mental image of us wearing like plastic bags over our heads. <laughs> oh, or God. It was a little disconcerting.
0: Like that one scene in Nip Tuck.
1: I haven't seen Nip Tuck.
0: Well, you finally know what it's like to be me, don't you? Oh,
1: the tables <laughs> have turned. <laughs>
0: like there are like 40 people right now who are like, yeah, I've seen that Nip Tuck scene. And the rest of the audience is like, we've all seen Star Wars. <laughs>
1: Everybody else is with me.
0: Yeah, that's right. But, hope but you're there were fun 40 over people who were like, yeah, we saw that one scene yeah. on Talk and didn't really connect to it. But yeah, we saw it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I congratulate all 40 of you.
0: Yeah. Hi, guys.
1: We got into dreams then and sleep cycles. So they're talking about healthy sleeping. It's important to be getting the right amount of sleep. But they said back in the early days, before all of these devices, we used to just naturally get up in the middle of the night. And this is research that I've read elsewhere, it sounds legit, that it used to be common to kind of go to sleep when the sun went down or not too long thereafter, kind of wake up in the middle of the night and just have this sort of period of time where you're you know, just awake for a little bit and then go back to sleep. Mm. And they were saying, this is the perfect time for you to be astral traveling.
0: Oh, interesting. I must have missed this. I must have been writing down something else. Because they call that sleeping something. That, ki- that type of sleeping has a name.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, it's on our list of potential things to investigate.
1: Segmented sleeping?
0: Yeah, some kind of sleeping where you like plan to sleep for like three hours, be awake for 45 minutes, sleep for three hours, etc.
1: Punctuated sleep equilibrium
0: Now so many people are going to write to us and tell us what it is. Don't worry, we have it on a list. Yeah, We're just not don't worry, we'll find list. it. We'll find um, it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard about that too.
1: But she was talking about the progression of sleep and that we uh, dream in these cycles.
0: And she mentioned the hypnagogic state. Which I was kind of
1: surprised
0: in a way. Like these people do know their science,
1: Right. Oh, so you're bringing up the word hypnagogy and hypnopompy. Okay.
0: So the hypnagogic state is that like in-between state where you're falling asleep and you start to feel half dreamy, half awake. Maybe you hear like some sounds that aren't quite there and you're like, w- did I hear that in the outside world? Did I hear that in my head? Right. Maybe you see a little something that's sort of hallucinatory, but you're not quite sure. It's where you probably feel at your most schizophrenic.
1: Yeah, those two worlds are blending together and you're going into paralysis. That's where all the weird, woozy... Paranormal stuff can happen, and the hypnopompic state is just the opposite end of that coming out of sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did say the phrase, "oniric visions can occur.
0: Oh, right. And I was
1: all proud of myself, because I knew what oniric. And meant.
0: I didn't, and had to look that up.
1: Related to sleep. 2018, Ross here. Just wanted to point out, in case you're listening- Oh, hey,
0: 2018, Ross.
1: Oh, hey, 2018, Carrie. What's up? So oniric is spelled, in case people are wondering, want to look this up, O-N-E-I-R-I-C.
0: Okay. Don't get that mixed up with O-N-R-A-C, which we spell out for you a lot. Right.
1: Don't use that for promo codes. Don't try to get to the <laughs> Facebook there.
0: Facebook.com slash O-N-I-R-A-C. And I'm
1: not sure if it's onirology or onirology, but... You get the idea.
0: I get the idea. This is like the Laurel Yanni thing.
1: It's exactly like the Laurel Yanni thing. Anyways, I had read up on that before. So I was like, I know what that is. And I was all (laughs) proud of myself.
0: (laughs) Teacher, teacher, I know what that is. Right. She did say, though, that we can prolong those states Mm -hmm. with these certain techniques. So, for example... When you're in the hypnagogic state, lift your elbow up to 90 degrees and try to hold it there. And of course, your hand will flop down eventually.
1: But then that will bring you back to consciousness.
0: Right. That'll like shake you a little bit, but you want to not totally wake up. Just pull your hand back up to that 90 degree state again and do this repeatedly over and over as many times as you consciously can. And that'll help keep you in that state. You can do this before or after your velo, and we described what the velo was and. In- one right i did try to do this did you try it at no, all no
1: i haven't tried the arm one
0: <laughs> i did i uh nor
1: the alarm one which sounded annoying like just setting a repeating oh, yeah. alarm
0: well i did it i it held go? my i remember putting my arm up and that's the last thing i remember okay so it probably flopped down and that's it
1: <laughs> it'd be funny if you woke up hours <laughs> later and found yourself with your arm still up Yeah,
0: that'd be great but no it didn't happen
1: and she had a nice little chart uh, where she was showing us kind of the sleep cycle and how it works out on the alpha beta gamma and delta waves of the brain.
0: Yeah, and it looked pretty legit. Yep. I mean, not that I could probably check it out, you know, cross-reference it. No, oh, right. I just mean I'm not a I'm no sleep expert, but I'm
1: no neurologist.
0: Right, very Oh, but you are an oh no.
1: Oh, nice. That's right. Well done.
0: An onologist.
1: Great callback to the show we're on.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She said, anytime you're doing these exercises, you always want to have a goal about what you want to accomplish outside the body. Right. Which,
1: yeah, that was a new concept.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, it makes sense because when she told us that, it seemed like it was like right as we were getting ready to go into this. And I was like, oh, shoot. She
0: reiterated it then, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. I was like, I don't really have a goal, um, but it makes sense. Like, you know, if you're gonna be kind of priming your mind to, or your astral body to, uh, you know, leave, you should be giving it somewhere it wants to go. Otherwise, you know, in the moment of you, then you'll be like, "Well, where are we going now? What's happening?"
0: Mm, I don't know. It makes sense.
1: Why? How do you feel about it? I don't
0: know. I I feel of two minds about it a little bit.
1: Would you say you are in (laughs) discoincidence?
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit in discoincidence about it. Um, <laughs> my goal felt so clear to me until she said it.
1: Well, I just felt oh, like- Oh, really? What oh, was well, your goal? Well, my goal
0: is just to get out of my body. I just want to get up and walk around. Isn't
1: that enough?
0: Yeah. And then I was like, but what's wanted, my goal?
1: She wanted to know, like, do you want to go see your mom in Michigan? I
0: guess I just knew that, like, my first goal, of course, is just to get out at all. Like, to stand up or to sit up would be so monumental that- Right. Uh, that, that that
1: would be a success. Yeah.
0: That I just- I was That's like, fair. what is this for? But then I decided, okay, then my first goal will be something super simple. My goal will be to feel the floor under my feet. Because I know that my feet are actually not on the floor, right? Mm. They're turned upward. So if I can feel okay. the floor, then that means, you know, it's my spiritual feet and not my physical feet that are touching them. So
1: okay, that
0: would mean something.
1: That would be a feat,
0: <laughs> Right. I... But, I also, but then I was like, but I would be satisfied if I didn't feel the goddamn floor. Right.
1: So, my my goal know. was to get to the other side of the room.
0: See, that feels Herculean to me.
1: Sure. But I mean, you can set your goals, and then if you get partway yeah. there, that's great. But at least then you're not like, do I go up? Do I go down? Do I go left or right? I guess. You're like, oh, let's try to get over there, other yeah. side of the room.
0: All right. I guess. I
1: mean, if my problem is I reach the other side of the room, now what? That's a good problem to have. Right. I'm Glad we had this talk.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Ross. I don't know about this whole goal setting business. Well,
1: you know what I know about, Carrie. From oh. two thousand sixteen.
0: Okay, let's see. Things Ross knows about. You know all the chemicals. You have that chemistry song.
1: Oh yeah. The, or not all the
0: chemical, all the The elements. Uh, elements. Yeah. Yep, yep.
1: There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen and rhenium mm-hmm. and nickel. Okay, I'll stop.
0: Um, let's see. Many numbers of pi.
1: <laughs> yes, quite a few.
0: What else do you know about? Uh, chess.
1: Oh, Carrie and I just played chess for, for the, the first, first time. time.
0: somehow. We How both love that? chess.
1: Yeah, and we've never played. And it's, there's always a chess board sitting between <laughs> it's us.
0: Literally between us on my table. And
1: it's sad because I've always thought, oh, Carrie and I really should play chess. But whenever we're together, we think, oh, we've got important things to do. Right. So this time we actually played chess while listening to our old audio from 2016. So we actually have a clue of what's in the episode this time.
0: Right. Which is nice. Yeah, exciting. And I think this is pretty close to real life. We were really evenly matched and then you won.
1: We both were making, I think, some crazy moves. But yeah, I think we were incredibly well matched. And when you're playing against Carrie, you know like, oh crap, she sees what you're doing.
0: Uh, (laughs) Likewise. Well, so what are we talking about?
1: Well, thank you for listing all the things I know. But one other thing I know is quality entertainment.
0: Oh, that is true.
1: For example, you should listen to this. The
0: Greatest Generation is the most popular Star Trek podcast
1: in the world. A pretty dubious distinction, but it's true. We've blasted through all of Star Trek The Next Generation. And now... We are blasting through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Come find out why millions of people have listened to our show and the Star Trek industrial complex ignores it. Go to maximumfund.org or wherever you get your podcasts and look for The Greatest Generation.
0: I think I will listen to that. That sounded really good. See? Yeah, I, I see.
1: All right, back to our show. So she gave us some techniques to get started with all this. One is the lucid dream. She said that that's like kind of a good stepping stone.
0: It's funny, though, to hear her say that because the critics of astral traveling or out-of-body experiences would say lucid dreaming is astral traveling. Yeah, what's traveling. the difference? So it's funny to hear her say, well, lucid, lucid dreaming is one good way to get there.
1: Right. But very clearly, they feel there's a distinction where with lucid dreaming, that is your mind creating stuff. Where I, and, and being aware of the process, so that's cool. It's a step in the right. right direction. But astral travel, it feels veridical. You're actually going somewhere and doing something. Right, it's real. Yeah, you yeah. can compare notes with others. Right. Another technique was the repetitive dream. So if you keep going back to the same place in your dreams, you set up an association for yourself to kind of kick yourself into that lucid state where you say like, oh, I'm seeing the blue house. Am I dreaming?
0: or if you're always going back to your high school. So my high school was called CV for Valley. So I would see CV and I'd say, oh, I see CV. CV means velo. When I see CV, I do my velo. And again, velo is that exercise. CV, velo, CV, velo, CV, velo. And you tell yourself that a whole bunch of times during the day.
1: Next thing you know, you're at a CVS.
0: Now, no. Next time you have the dream where you see CV... (laughs) You immediately think of the VLO. Maybe you'll do the VLO during your dream, and you'll be able to disconnect
1: and get out of your body. Do you see CV on a CCTV? No, oh, we're
0: not. Mm-mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you put on your CV that you went to CV?
0: What? Oh, oh, my curriculum vitae. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I guess it's no. It's not on there.
1: Okay, I'm no. out.
0: I was going to say yes, and then I was like, "Would my high school be on there?" No.
1: <laughs> All right. I have a
0: master's degree, Ross. Fair enough. So I'm very important.
1: I've made my pun. I'm happy.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, another thing you can do, they said, is create a dream. So choose something pleasurable, something that you like to sexual? think about. Well, I guess it could be. Ooh. They didn't say it couldn't be. Okay. You could even take pictures of it, they said. So the example she gave was that she likes to walk on the beach. She likes this feeling of the sand beneath her toes. Mm-hmm. So she took some pictures of herself walking on the beach. She took a picture of her feet in the sand She said people looked at her crazy when she did that. And I was like, no, they didn't. Nope. Yeah, no. Have you seen people and how much they take pictures? No one looked at you weird. But anyway, (laughs) she said, yeah, take some pictures of that. Have that on your computer. Be looking at it all the time. So you always have this image to conjure up. Hmm. Think about how much you want to go there, how much you love the beach, blah, blah, blah. Then this will be an image that your brain can draw on when you're asleep and your brain's conjuring things up. Maybe it picks up that picture of the beach.
1: I've definitely done that before, like tried to think of something or someone like, I want to dream about this. And uh, Does it work? I'd say maybe one time out of eight, I get my wish.
0: OK, I don't think I have ever been able to create a dream, but I don't know if I've ever tried very hard.
1: Time to get cracking.
0: Anyway, I guess the theory is that if you do this and you do it successfully, then once you achieve it, you'll also realize like, hey, I did it. I made this. Yeah, yeah. And in the dream, you'll become lucid.
1: Oh, like the end of the X-Files. I made this.
0: I've never seen the end of the X-Files.
1: <laughs> you're like, you watch the X-Files and you're like 12 minutes in. Uh, okay.
0: Oh, every episode you mean? Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen, I did like what I saw. I've seen maybe eight episodes okay. of season one.
1: Okay, it gets way better. Cool. Yeah, and there's a little boy at the end of every plants. episode that says, I made this.
0: Oh, okay. At the end of every episode?
1: Mm-hmm. I made this. Oh. Like, you know, at the end they play the little Fox music and then it's ten thirteen uh. productions and there's a little kid that says, I made this.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was at the end of the series.
1: Which we just finished the other night.
0: What? We you got, and I?
1: <laughs> we, by we, I mean Karen, and Andrew and I.
0: Oh, your family. We
1: watched the entire nine seasons of the X-Files. Wow. We are done now. Well, Except I, we have to watch the new one.
0: Well, I planted rosemary.
1: That's a good use of your time you so another way is to take advantage of a nightmare so if you're having a bad dream then you can be like wait a second this is awful this isn't real is it and then become aware that you are dreaming do a velo all of
0: these sound like pretty impossible to me really yeah well I don't know it's really rare that I'm like wait a minute maybe this is a dream
1: so I've had one really good lucid dream that was Mm -hmm. like Definitely me realizing I am dreaming, and I didn't immediately snap out of it. Because I've had that happen. We're like, oh, I get it. I'm in a dream, and then boom, I'm awake. Right. Take me back. Yeah. But there was one time I was dreaming, and I saw my old drawing instructor, Jack Bosson, and I was talking with him, but then I realized, wait, you passed away. Uh I went to your funeral, and I was like, am I dreaming? He's like, yes, you are. And yeah. we continued to have a conversation. We walked up a long hill together, and it was so awesome. It was like that, oh, wow. and it's like I knew, like I am dreaming, and we're still talking. This is the best thing ever. It was so cool.
0: Oh, okay. So the closest thing I had to that is a really like heartbreaking memory. At the time, I went through this awful breakup and. Early college with this guy named Will, and I went like basically camping by myself to a, a Quaker community.
1: This sounds like a carry thing to do. Yeah. Oh, I'm all alone. I'm going to the Quakers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went to the Quakers, and they had like a Soherner's cabin that you could go to by yourself and like just meditate what? for days. <laughs> and that was my way of handling This is your dream, or this is so your real this life? Is what really happened. So I stayed there for like four days and I only brought apples and a loaf of bread. (laughs) And, oh no, that's not true. And some paints so I could paint and meditate. Anyway, I, (laughs) you're making a face. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so anyway, the point is. This is like an extreme
1: version of Carrie that (laughs) I didn't know you were.
0: Yeah, so then what, what you just said, this is just like Carrie. (laughs) <laughs> I know both but <laughs>
1: yeah wow okay continue
0: um, okay so one night though I had a dream that I guess turned into a lucid dream I dreamt that he and I were back together and I was leaning on his shoulder and I looked into his eyes and I said wait this isn't a dream is it and he said really kindly said yeah it is oh wow do you want to wake up and, and I said, then I have to. And then my eyes snapped open.
1: Back to the world of apples and paint. <laughs>
0: and, yeah. And, yeah, the world was just, you know, like.
1: Oh, man.
0: Awful and depressing again. But yeah, and, and I remember that. And I remember journaling about it and being like, oh, I did this to save myself. I woke up to save myself. This was the right thing to do. It was better not to stay in the dream. I need to accept reality. And
1: Oh, my god. But yeah,
0: intense. Wow. Intense lucid dream, man.
1: Heavy stuff.
0: But uh that's I think the only that's the only lucid dream I remember
1: and, and that's the interesting thing about a lucid dream is it I think has such a big impact. It's something you don't forget,
0: yeah, but uh, so then they're like, yeah, here, here are four ways that all rely on you realizing you're in a dream, and I'm like, well, how but that's hard enough
1: yeah, and i have read various uh techniques. there was an astral projection book that I read, and it was suggesting that you make common associations with everyday objects, like uh, you enter a room and you flick the light switch. Yeah. Because in a dream, it won't work.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: And so, you know, I was trying to kind of mentally do that, like plant a few things that would stop me, you know, try to open or close a door or something like that.
0: So wait, the idea was... You make
1: these associations. So you're always kind of testing reality. Uh So then you just sort of, it becomes part of your regular repertoire. And so when you're in the dream world, you just, you're doing your regular thing and then something doesn't react the way you expect it Uh to. And then that clues you in, oh, I'm dreaming. Now I can take charge of this. Uh-huh. And I thought that sounds like a superpower to me. And so for a while I was trying to build up a few associations like the light switch. But thing. you
0: already hit the light switch. Not when the way you enter they're describing, right? like turn
1: it on and off or something. And you know, not if it's like a already okay. lit room. So but the like-
0: idea is to like anytime you enter a room kinda of, like yeah, kind of almost obsessively like be like, oh look, I am doing this. I am on and offing.
1: Right. In or, your waking life. Right. Or you know, look for the light switch at least. And so I, I remember I was thinking about that for like a month and then finally I was like, Oh, this is too much effort. Uh huh. I wasn't getting immediate payoff.
0: Uh-huh, sure. You know, if you want immediate payoff, you should plant some sunflower seeds. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> they immediate, sprout right up. My God, those things wouldn't be born.
1: Carrie's been planting.
0: You guys, you don't know. Planting is amazing. Anyway, the point is it's hard to lose a dream. But it was exciting to have promise of a physical way to get an OBE to happen, but we'll get to that on day two. Yeah, yeah. So she did also say that late night heavy food can cause nightmares, which I had never heard.
1: Yeah, that was weird. That felt like something out of Charles Dickens. Like, you might be a bit of undigested beef.
0: Crusty bread. (laughs) Okay, and then she did a little, there was a little chart she put up that showed how projections are different from dreams.
1: She put it up on the projector. Right. I took a picture of this because I couldn't take notes fast enough.
0: Okay, that projections are lucid, whereas a dream is more jumbled. Projection always has a liftoff feeling, dream doesn't. Projection has a logical sequence, whereas the dream is confusing. Projection usually has intracranial sounds, self-awareness, and we'll start with a vibrational state, which we got more description Mm -hmm, of this time. mm -hmm. So before, I thought the vibrational state was more subtle, that it's just sort of this like this tingly, vibratory feeling. But apparently, no, it can be like very intense as if you're sitting on a washing machine is yeah. the description we got.
1: Yeah, and she was saying, oh, people will come out of one of our sessions and be like, was there an earthquake? Right. Like, no, Whoa. that was just you having the vibrational state.
0: Yeah, so that's intense.
1: Yeah, a uh, projection of the consciousness tends to have morphothocines, whereas ordinary dreams have oniric images.
0: Okay, Did that on. not help you? Okay, so oneric images. Okay, so to dreamlike images.
1: Now, those scenes are thoughts, right. sen- sentiments, and energy. Right. What's the morpho part? Shapes. Okay, so shape, thought, the shapes of <laughs> sense, energy, feelings, and stuff. Sure. Yeah, okay. That happens in projection <laughs> okay. when you project the consciousness. Okay. But yeah, you, you got it. Those were the major ones. In projection, you have self-bilocation, so you can be in two places at once, right. tethered with that cord, whereas Ordinary Dreams, it says in that column, not possible. <laughs> Can't be in two places at once.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yep. Those Got are it. the major ones. We,
0: we heard some crazy bilocation stories.
1: Tell them to me. Remind so, me.
0: my favorite one was about a woman who could bi-locate.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: this particular woman... Okay, so my favorite one was a woman named... And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing this, but Natuza Ivolo. So apparently she was the last recorded case uh, researched by the University of Milan. She supposedly could bilocate and... She was found in a park muttering to herself and just kind of acting, you know, just sort of general uh, dissociative person. And they say they went back to her bed and found her also in the bed. Right. Sounds to me more like someone who was sleepwalking (laughs) and... Maybe they didn't actually follow her back to bed. Maybe they just...
1: Right. Or maybe it was yeah. someone who just looked like her from a distance. Right. There there was another story of this too. Oh, yeah. The other story but was But also absurd. it turned out
0: she also had stigmata.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. We looked her up. We were pulling up these people on our phones. And, uh, yeah, she also experienced stigmata. And this was just one of many ways in which this class and kind of the whole system that they're teaching really reminded me of the Self-Realization Fellowship, because in Autobiography of a Yogi, you have Paramahansa Yogananda talking about various yogis and mystics who were able to bilocate, and so you would be meditating with him in his room, but then someone else would see him outside preaching on the street or mm-hmm. something like that, and uh, all very uh, credulous retellings of those stories. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, she told another story of this guy. I think she got his name wrong. Giuseppe Mirabelli, but it turns out it was actually Carlos Mirabelli. Okay. And yeah, he was able to dematerialize and then materialize somewhere else.
0: Ooh, like Alex Mack.
1: Who's Alex Mack?
0: Who's Alex Mack? Who's Alex Mack?
1: That was my question.
0: From Nickelodeon?
1: What's Nickelodeon? I'm just kidding.
0: Don't you dare. <laughs> Alex Mack.
1: Yeah, no, sorry.
0: Was Larissa Olnick's character. She could turn into a puddle of slime. <laughs> yeah, like a clear liquid. I think she was in some sort of like chemistry lab experiment problem. Okay. Yeah, could turn into this like puddle of chemistry goo, slide under doors and stuff, and then rematerialize as herself. And just like this superpower. guy. Yes, exactly. But she was a teenage girl, and she, Larissa Olnick played her, and she was also in the Babysitter's Club movie. And I think my, we've gotten
1: into the realm of too much information. My
0: friend Ryan Lockwood, who was one of my best friends in middle school and high school, had a big crush on her, or so he said, although it turns out he's a homosexual. So maybe he had a crush on her, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'll have to ask him.
1: Do that. Please get back to us.
0: <laughs> I will.
1: Okay, so Carlos Mirabelli... The, <laughs> She said that he was actually a verified case where they went to test him and they tied him up.
0: Oh, this one!
1: <laughs> they tied him up in a basement. Yes, in in a chair.
0: Okay, hang on. All right, you have a you problem say with the that protocol? You can bi okay.
1: Right, I can I'll be in two tie places you at up. once.
0: Okay, that that sounds like something we can test. I'll tie you up in a basement mm-hmm. to a chair. That sounds good. And okay. Uh,
1: probably and then wanna... what should
0: I do next? Stay there and make sure you no 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 locate. don't
1: no. Why would you keep an eye on me where I am? No, you lock the door and you walk away and you come back forty five minutes later. Nope. No, no.
0: that allows you to to leave.
1: <laughs> hey, this is how the protocol went down.
0: But. but- that that allows you to leave
1: yeah so they come back and he's gone oh my goodness wow and so they drive 30 kilometers (laughs) that's what we're told this is how she tells the story they drive 30 kilometers and find him out in the chair still tied up in the middle of the desert or wherever it was okay how is this a story of anything
0: and then and she said that he was like Really, uh, what did, what was the word she used? That he was like really out of it or something? And I was like, yeah, shit had gone down. <laughs> like,
1: and, and if we're talking about a 30 kilometer radius, how did they know which direction to go to yeah, find him? Yeah, where did
0: they go? But like if they had somehow found him, that means that this guy somehow squeezed himself out hitched a ride in a goddamn chair. Yeah, I bet he was huffing and puffing and out of it. I bet so.
1: <laughs> and were there tire tracks near his rediscovered body? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things wrong with that yeah, story. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. We were less impressed than I think she was expecting us to be. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've jumped uh, far ahead into the paranormal phenomenon. But this is the fun part of this class. She had broken it down into like subjective phenomena and then ambivalent phenomena
0: Right. Well, so first, she talked about two kinds of paranormal phenomena. There's medium phenomena oh, and right. animistic.
1: Right. So the medium one was like a, a passive a, state.
0: Yeah, it's passive um, because you're, you're just a conduit, right? Um, mm-hmm. The spirits are speaking through you. You're sitting there, like Teresa Caputo, right? Like right. the spirits just talk through her, and she's like, What do you need to say? Okay, this is what they're saying.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Although she might be the most active passive medium of all time. Then there's the animistic.
1: Yeah, and that's where your will gets involved and you are controlling things.
0: Right. It's an active state. You're on your own. It's coming from you. Another thing she mentioned is that just because something is... Oh, yeah, this is really interesting. She said, just because something's extra physical doesn't mean that it's good or holy. And she's like, this is really important to understand. People will assume that if they're getting a message from the great beyond, it must be good, it must be holy. Oh, yeah. That's not necessarily true.
1: That was interesting.
0: Basically, indicating like there are bad spirits, there are like things out there trying to harm you and our yeah. next teacher will kind of walk this back a little bit yeah so that was really interesting yeah
1: there was a slightly different flavor there between Irma and Eddie
0: I think so too
1: and uh yeah it was is weird because they all have like these different names for the negative spirits like some refer to them as tricksters and mm-hmm. and others feel like they're I don't know. They want to say the word demons. Yeah, it was it was weird. They were like really trying to walk around that one, but not have it be theological. Right. So yeah, we launched into the various subjective phenomena, things that are just impossible to prove. And that was kind of how they defined it. Like, uh, you know, you just, you can't prove it to scientific standards. So one of those was intuition. Intuition? Yeah, just being able to tap into those scenes you know, thoughts and sentiments. And so, oh, there's an angry presence in this house. That would be intuition.
0: And it was interesting the way she talked about intuition because, you know, intuition's a sticky wicket, right? I mean, it's it's hard to talk about. She was saying, it's when you just know something. It's a feeling, it's a perception. It helps you identify a demon that's masquerading as an angel. You can just tell, you just know. And she nods at us like, this is something we've all experienced. Oh, we, yeah. We
1: nodded right back.
0: Yeah, we're like, yeah, of course. Sure. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. But intuition, of course, can lead you astray.
1: Sometimes is good. Sometimes is not. Yeah. The only way to know is to uh, verify. That's uh, right. The next uh, subjective phenomenon was precognition. So that's where we kind of feel a premonition of the future. So she gave various stories about that. Even her own stories. Oh, my family called me the witch because I would know how the weather was going to be or who was going to call?
0: She didn't say she knew how the weather was going to be. She said that she knew, she said that it's like a weather forecast. That was kind of an analogy. Uh, right. Which actually I really loved this analogy because I thought this is a great way to talk about premonitions, even though I don't really believe in premonitions. I think this is the safest way to talk about them. Oh, yeah. That as, makes sense. As a likelihood instead of as like a given. Because we all understand weather forecast is like, eh we're talking about likelihood here not certainty yeah
1: yeah that's fair oh yeah that's right her personal story was her <laughs> premonition was helping her brother not get caught for illegally selling, selling alcohol. <laughs> alcohol illegally. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She like called her brother and said, Oh, you need to put the alcohol away. They're going to come and check at the restaurant at and noon he's, tomorrow. He's like, No, they, they already checked two days ago. They're not going to come back again this soon. She's like, Just do it, do it. And he did it, and they came, they and came. he was safe.
0: Yeah. And then they came exactly at noon. And
1: like she said, don't always assume these powers are positive.
0: Right. <laughs> And I mean, just to throw it in there, it's possible that she remembers the story that way, but memory's not always on target, as Elizabeth Loftus will tell you.
1: And that's right for happy coincidence as well. Retrocognition, that was another one. And that's just doing the same kind of thing, but for the past. So remembering things that happened in the past, that's huh. pretty impressive.
0: Right. <laughs> but usually retrocognitions <laughs> yeah. are more about your past life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm just teasing. Yeah, they definitely believe in multiple lives Mm -hmm. and us being able to regress to past lives. Yep. Which we've run into at the hypnotherapy place and Scientology and...
0: Scientology, big time.
1: Oh, yeah. And Self-Realization Fellowship. So it's a common thread here. A lot of people believe in these multiple lives.
0: You know, one thing she said that was really interesting was that psychics, and when she says psychics, I think she's including all of us. She thinks all of us are a little psychic, right? Mm -hmm. That it's easier for psychics to pick up on big tragedies, but not on lighter positive things. And her example is the internet. She said, you know, no one was predicting the internet, but people could predict things like (laughs) 9-11. Such a funny... I mean, I, I guess like I've always seemed like, yeah, of course, you predict these awful things because they're just one easier to predict. Like, it's easier to predict a vague bad thing happening. Sure. Of
1: course. A um, horrible earthquake will happen. Well, yes, it will.
0: And easier to get people to pay attention to you. If you're just like, hey, there's going to be a great happy thing and it's going to connect a lot of people with lots of information, <laughs> who's going to like pay you or write headlines? About
1: you? <laughs> right. But uh, science fiction <laughs> yeah. authors do it all the time. Uh, do what? Yeah, predict, like, future technologies successfully.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, that's Like true. Arthur C. Clarke. That's true. But, yeah, not pretending to, like, have some sort of insider no, no, cosmological yeah. knowledge. They yeah.
1: just did it by projecting into the future right. ideas like space elevators. Right. Yep. Yep. Psychometry, that was another subjective one where you... Touch something that somebody owned and tell things about them. Right. Oh, this watch, it belonged to a man. Right, watch
0: always seems to be the go-to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Now that people don't wear watches, I guess it's probably cell phones. Uh, Necklaces, I met a lot of necklaces. Oh,
1: and this is where she was even suggesting like testing protocol.
0: Yes. Oh, we should do this experiment. There's a class.
1: They have a class where they do this.
0: And I had a suspicion about this class.
1: Wait, what is your suspicion about the class?
0: Oh, so she was saying, uh, well, I don't want to give anything away because there's a little bit of something interesting about it. Yeah,
1: I think you're right.
0: She said, we take two paper bags and they're on two different desks and like half the class is focusing on one and half class focusing on the other. And you're sensing what's in each bag. And then uh, at the end, they open them up and see what's in each one and you see uh, you were right and you're just trying to thosinate on each one and figure out, you know, what you feel in there and how close you were. And And Carrie's
1: um, saying there's probably a severed finger in one of
0: them. No. She's like, I don't want to give anything away, but it's very interesting how it turns out. Uh, and uh, I just think the paper bags are empty. Or one of them is empty. I think there's just some
1: tomfoolery in there. <laughs> that would make sense. But yes, she's saying like, oh, well, this is something you can even try at home where you have a trusted friend yes, put an object let's do it. In, in one bag and not the other. Okay.
0: No, she was saying, do an experiment with three cups, one with sugar water, two with regular water. Yeah. Exteriorize to find the sugar water. Find the one that feels different. Now, it won't be blinded, Ross, because I'm going to know which one is... Uh, She said salt. No, she said sugar.
1: I wrote salt.
0: I wrote sugar.
1: Pretty sure it was salt.
0: I'm pretty sure it was sugar.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't have written salt.
0: Well, I wouldn't have written (laughs) sugar. (laughs) Well, thank you, Past Us, but I must interrupt you because Present Us has been doing some fine, fine sleeping.
1: It's really hard to do out-of-body experiences when you just sleep so comfortably.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly, because you just want to stay asleep. You don't want to knock yourself out of your blissful, deep sleep just to control your dreams.
1: Actually, that is a good payoff, but hey, you might as well be comfortable while you're doing it. And the best way to do that is on a Casper mattress.
0: Exactly. And it's funny you should mention that because Ona, Ross & Carrie is supported in part by Casper.
1: Our listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive, limited 4th of July offer.
0: Ooh, all right. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial.
1: The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce
0: yeah it's a nice firm mattress if you like a lot of support from your mattress casper is the one for you i think
1: so if your old mattress is feeling like uh maybe it's time to replace it for a limited time you can visit casper.com forward slash savings and save up to 225 dollars off your order
0: that's a lot of money to save right and this special offer expires july 9th 2018 Four days before my birthday, so if you're going to get me several Casper mattresses for my birthday, you got to do it by July 9th. And also, if you want to get one for Ross's cat for her birthday, Mm -hmm. which is also July 13th, still got to get it by July 9th.
1: Or if you want to get it for Ian Kramer and his wife, because they're celebrating their anniversary.
0: On July 13th.
1: Then you got to order it by July 9th. Terms and conditions apply. Speaking of July 9th.
0: Oh, I love July 9th.
1: We have a jumbotron. A
0: jumbotron to Louie.
1: From Kelsey. And she says, Bagopolis, thanks for being the best brother-in-law a girl could ask for.
0: You're one of my best friends, and I love talking about Onrak and other great podcasts with you.
1: You are truly one of my all-time favorite humans. Happy birthday.
0: And Steve says, Snodolophagus. Apparently, Louie's birthday is July 9th. I hope he's getting a Casper mattress. It has the right amount of sink and bounce.
1: Well, he's getting a Jumbotron.
0: Yeah, that not, not too. Happy birthday, Louie!
1: Happy birthday!
0: Also, Kelsey really thought ahead, by the way. She submitted this Jumbotron in February. Good job, Kelsey.
1: Yeah, not one of those last minute people. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She was just assuming our show would still be good many months from then.
0: Yeah, she's right.
1: Speaking of time travel, well, let's go back.
0: Okay, Ross.
1: Okay, so Carrie has.
0: I've given you three mugs. Mm hmm. All three have lukewarm water in them. Okay. One has sugar in it as well. Okay. This is not double-blinded because I know which one has sugar. Mug A is a Mr. Deity mug. Okay. Mug B is a Book of Mormon mug. Mug C is a Hawaii mug.
1: I'm not going to ask any further questions. I'm going to use my energies. Now, she did say that sometimes you need to take like multiple minutes, like up to five minutes per mug. That, oh, boy. That is bad podcasting. Yep, and so That's I'm correct. I'm gonna take less time, but I am gonna use my energies to see if I can
0: euthosinate on those.
1: Through psychometry, determine which one has the sugar in it.
0: Ross is closing his eyes. He's got his palms outstretched in front of him as if gripping either side of the head of a small child. Uh, and blessing him or her with the blessing of eternal progeny forthwith. Now he is doing the same around mug A, thosinating on it, probably wondering, is this the woman who I am to marry, or is it a mug with water in it? And now mug C, the Hawaii mug given to me by my mother and stepfather on their journey to Hawaii, Back to the Book of Mormon mug, a musical written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and Mr. Deity, a web series. Hawaii thoceanating.
1: Okay, I have felt the energies.
0: Which of them feels different? Hawaii. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah? yeah? I got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it works. Verified.
0: Okay. Do
1: we need to do this to you now?
0: Yeah, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. So now I have repeated the experiment. Carrie walked away. This is single blinded. Uh, There is mug A, that is the Book of Mormon mug. Mug B, that is the uh, woman who takes her top off mug.
0: (laughs) When yes, uh huh. We had to replace if you fill her up with warm liquid, then she takes her top off. That's correct. We had
1: to replace Hawaii just in case there was, you know, residual psychometry. Right. Mug C is the Mr. Deity mug. And so now Carrie will use psychometry to determine which one has a copious amount of sugar mixed in. Carrie is feeling the energies of the Book of Mormon mug. Now she is approaching the woman who takes her top off mug. Gently cradling it, looking wistfully, as if recalling a summer long lost. Now we are on Mug C. She is feeling the Mr. Deity mug. She's back to the Book of Mormon mug. Lady mug.
0: I think it is the Book of Mormon.
1: It's the Lady mug.
0: Oh, no.
1: I was first thinking the Book of Mormon mug.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Ross. I was basing this not on any feelings, but only off of cues from you.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good. I gave misleading cues, I guess.
0: I didn't feel anything, so I just went off of that.
1: Fair enough. Mine was guesswork as well, but I just happened to guess right. You guessed well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did try. I just wasn't feeling anything. Okay. So then I thought, might as well guess. All right. Let me put away this sugar water. Okay. Well, first of all, let me see if you're telling the truth. Sugary.
1: Yep. Okay. Okay. So we tested that out with uh, mixed results.
0: Yep. One positive, one neg.
1: Take that as you will. All right. So then the next subjective paranormal phenomenon she talked about was internal autoscopy, which I thought was interesting because I-
0: Oh, yes. X-ray vision. Just call it X-ray vision. Come on.
1: Internal autoscopy. Oh. So this is where you can see the workings of the physical body. Yeah. But she separates this. There is our own body, and then there is a different skill that is heteroscopy.
0: And you can see inside someone else's body.
1: So I was excited because I knew someone who said she could do this. Yep. Anita Iconin.
0: Yes, I've met her.
1: Interesting character. Yep. She had applied for the independent investigation groups. I think it was $50,000 prize at the time. She claimed to be a, well, a heteroscope guess Mm -hmm. and to be able to see i think she called it medical dowsing something
0: oh that sounds right
1: yeah but anyways the idea was that she could see people's internal organs right and so we're like okay well if we put a bunch of people up on the stage and one of them is missing a kidney you should be able to identify the person and the missing kidney and so then we had six people get up each time we had three instances where she had to choose and she had to get all three right she Uh got one right Uh uh-huh and she got two wrong again
0: a a blinding issue there too
1: and uh she did not pass the test
0: there you go i believe she also failed to notice michael schirmer's hepatitis c or something he wrote about her giving him a diagnosis that oh, was like right. wildly at off. a
1: hotel in vegas i was there when that happened by oh, the way, okay i took a picture and then she read me and my wife she was getting nothing off of me oh huh. she's like oh, i'm just it's i i can't see anything with you
0: oh all right deja vu Deja vu. Yeah, her explanation of deja vu was kind of not that interesting, I felt like. Maybe just just because
1: we've all heard that before. Yeah. So if she told it to us again... Yeah, but it wasn't like, like, here's a new vu. explanation
0: for it. God, shut up. <laughs> I wasn't really like, here's a very interesting explanation for it necessarily, except like it might be a past life memory, but we can't be
1: sure. Oh, I like this. She said there's two possible explanations for what's going on with deja vu. And she didn't include the one that I would say is the explanation for deja vu. Oh, what's that? Well, her explanations were either one, this is something where like you encountered the future during a projection but you like mm-hmm. can't pinpoint that recollection, but it feels vaguely familiar, deja vu. Uh, the other one would be a repeat of familiarity from a past, past life. life. right. And she told the story of going to Italy and seeing this path and being like, I know right. this path, but I've never been to Italy before. Right. It's not necessarily the only explanation, but one of the more interesting ones I've heard is that you experience something and there's this shorting out of the mind, essentially like your memory process where all of a sudden you're experiencing it at the same time as a memory and as a current perception Mm. and so it's just kind of like shortcutting itself into your memory and you're feeling like you remembered it Uh uh-huh and that makes sense sure there's at least three possible explanations
0: uh and then clairvoyance of course is seeing um, your friend Claire (laughs) yes our friend Claire being able to see what's going on in the physical world in places that you aren't
1: she said that Remote viewing is traveling clairvoyance. They've got a term for everything.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: You're not actually projecting yourself. You're just projecting like a part of your perception. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right, you're making a distinction here.
0: I mean, I get what she's saying, but it kind of doesn't matter much. But I know what she's saying.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, you're not sending your whole body... Right. And she said the real distinction there is that you can remain then and talk to people while you are remote viewing. And oh, man, please, if anybody can remote view, apply for the IIG test. We want to see this. If you can really do that, we can test it. It would be so cool. Cool. We'll give you $100,000.
0: Ross is in something called the IIG. It's the Independent Investigations Group. We'll
1: give you money.
0: They'll give you money.
1: To remote view.
0: Okay. Go ahead and do that. Uh, Then there's facial clairvoyance, which is a delightful little exercise. It's basically where you... I'm not going to tell you how it's done because we'll get into that. We will do it later in the episode. But it's a process through which you look past someone's physical body and into the spiritual face that they actually have that's under their physical face. And see what that looks like. Yeah. So. You have to have very special conditions. It has to be very dark and you have to suspiciously do some very specific things with your eyes to make it happen. Uh But when you do, you can see their special spirit face.
1: And then she mentioned there's also clairaudience and clairsentience, which are all just different flavors of the same thing.
0: When you're doing those kinds of exercises, extra physical consciousnesses, so spirits, actually take advantage of the instructor's ectoplasm so spirits, yes. spirits in the room see the instructor's ectoplasm, their gooey crap coming out of them, uh-huh. and the spirits see that becoming a little denser, and see <laughs> the instructor becoming more psychic in that moment. They attach themselves to the ectoplasm, and that's part of what makes you see the spirit face.
1: Oh, now it makes sense. I
0: wrote down in this, okay, question <laughs> mark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is where she moves into the ambivalent phenomena. So these are things that are rare, so they're hard to study for that reason.
0: I think she meant ambiguous.
1: Yeah. 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 She
0: kept saying ambivalent,
1: and oh. she wrote ambivalent on the board. She wrote it a bunch of times, so that's what we get. Yep. Ectoplasm was the first one of these. For yeah, these people are not backing off of the ectoplasm. So
0: ectoplasm. I, I think what is it?
1: I think Ghostbusters. When I hear ectoplasm, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the goo, ghosty goop.
0: So yeah, I mean, it was basically invented by mediums. Yeah, the um, early
1: spiritualists. They would have like cheesecloth and gauze, you know, that they would fill with crap, and they would have it. There in the dark seance room, and they'd find ways to have it emanate from different body parts and stuff.
0: Famously, quote unquote, throw it up.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it would look
0: like they were vomiting it, but it would be too voluminous for it to have possibly come from out of their stomachs. And, <laughs> you know, it was too otherworldly and too sheer and too beautiful. And it had to be some sort of spirit material.
1: But after a good dozen of these mediums got exposed by people turning on the lights and finding them, you know, like pulling stuff out of their hoo-ha or wherever, <laughs> <laughs> I read a story like that. Yeah, or, believe um, you. That eventually it just became like a joke. And no one really takes ectoplasm seriously anymore, I thought right but they do here at the IAC yeah uh, they even said the light needs to be dim because ectoplasm <laughs> is sensitive to light I was like wow you're still buying the stories from the medium yeah. oh yeah we got to turn down the lights
0: so she did define it ectoplasm is a denser type of consciential energy she said and an ectoplast oh. is a person with very dense energy Ooh. as you said the light should be dim
1: should be cool Energy flows better in the cool.
0: An ectoplast is often very, very clumsy. They knock shit over.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. They'll be the people who uh, are constantly. Breaking lights and various other things just always seem to get destroyed oh, around. Yeah, them.
0: breaking glasses, she Glass, said, which made yeah. me laugh because I'm always breaking our glasses.
1: Hey, yeah. Could be an ectoplast. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah and and uh, she was even saying when someone like has the ability with their astral body to say, like, turn on or off a light. Uh-huh. which they seem to imply that people have done at the classes before. Uh-huh. You're just focusing on concentrating your ectoplasm at the tip of your fingers so that it's strong enough to actually interact with the physical world. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa.
0: Now take a step back here. Kay. Have we done any out-of-body experiences yet? No. Nope all right um telekinesis that's where you move stuff with your energy oh and she was very careful to say not with your mind Mm -hmm. people think it's with your mind it's with your energy oh okay well, thank you for clearing that up. Oh, yeah. And then she redefined the term poltergeist for us.
1: Yeah, poltergeist.
0: So poltergeist is a jokey ghost.
1: A German jokey ghost.
0: Yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, poltergeist. Hey. I move stuff I around. I Italian right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, wasn't <yeah>, no <laughs> German at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and you can be a poltergeist when you're acting Me? outside the body. Yes, you personally. If you're acting outside your own body. Yes. And you're moving things around or maybe you're being a little bit of a rascal you can be acting as a poltergeist
1: this was the first of many more movie references she asked have you seen the others
0: yes she loves movies
1: they were poltergeist
0: what were we just doing where there were a lot of movie references oh the dream therapy one. There were oh yes yeah yes she recommended the others and how they were like poltergeist she didn't want to give us spoilers to this movie that's like it's 15 years old right Adorable. Yeah, she also said it's often young girls going through puberty who get haunted by poltergeists.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Because they just have such strong emotions, I guess.
0: Yeah, that really, I just thought it was so funny. That just automatically made me think like, oh, that's really funny. Like, what are these young girls doing that like makes them tempted to make up? Oh, right. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Judy behind us, she got all excited. And she's like, oh, well, that's just like the Ghost Whisperer. And you guys should watch the Ghost Whisperer. It's yes, great. Exactly. It was overseen by James Von Prague.
0: Right. So
1: it was like air of legitimacy.
0: Right. And then Laura, the other woman, she said she hadn't seen it. And Judy was like, Laura, you haven't seen
1: they were Ghost buddies.
0: Whisperer? Are you kidding me? And then they had to have a little mini discussion about that. And then Irma had to pull them back in and be like, okay, well, let's move on. Yes, they're both very good. These are all very good
1: shows. (laughs) Uh, Psychic Surgeries.
0: Oh, my God, Ross. I couldn't believe it when we- That's
1: another one. It's like, really?
0: I can't believe it.
1: Really? I'm ambivalent. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, you're not
1: about this one, No, I'm decidedly against. I mean, oh, come on, God. it's such a sham thing.
0: Psychic surgery—a a sham that legitimately hurts people. Oh yeah. So if anyone doesn't know, psychic surgery is a known pseudoscience scam where practitioners pretend to pull tumors, usually tumors, out of your body by making a spiritual incision that you can't see into your skin, pulling yeah. out a tumor that you can't even feel exit your body and then showing it to you. And it's a sleight-of-hand trick. They hide... Chicken guts. Usually Mm. chicken guts, sometimes pig guts. But yeah, livestock guts uh, in their hands. They're very good sleight-of-hand artists, like basically magicians. They've
1: got a little blood packet. And And, um, and then they push their finger down, and then at the right moment, they kind of buckle their finger down so it looks like it just plunged into the... Into your guts. Into the guts, and they're swiveling it around. Oh, look what I pulled out. And then all this gross-looking stuff, bloody stuff comes out of your body, supposedly.
0: And people go, especially to... America and South America to get this done mm-hmm. and as a result end up not getting real treatment for things like cancer because again it's usually a tumor so this is the thing that kills people
1: bad bad stuff
0: Yeah, uh, and she was
1: pointing to somebody named Arigo saying he was a practitioner and then someone German else doctor. someone mentioned John of God and she's like uh, John of God's more complicated. It was interesting. Whenever yeah. people would bring up some of the more well known examples of these phenomena, she'd say, ah, I don't know about that one so much. Right. But this guy was legit. The Arigo guy.
0: Yeah, and then she said Arigo was a true for the people kind of guy. Kind of implying like John of God might not be, might yeah. not be a man of the people. Sure
1: sounded like, you know, she's very delicate in how she puts anything negative, but that sure seemed to be the gist of it. And
0: Judy had gone to I John know. of
1: God. Oh, Yeah, Judy chimes in behind us. I've had this done. It was great. Yeah. We're like, oh no.
0: Yeah, I know. I hope you don't have anything.
1: Irma said exactly to Judy what I would have said, which is, well, I'm glad you're okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, and she did say of Mirabelli, who you mentioned, she said, "Now he was accused of being a charlatan." Uh-huh. As she's leading into the story about him being tied up in the basement, and then tells us the story as if like he's vindicated of that charge. <laughs> uh, just bizarre.
1: So we've talked about teleportation and para-teleportation,
0: <laughs> right? Oh yeah, so okay, so now we're talking about ectoplasm, and I said, "So tell me about ectoplasm. Can you hold it?" And she said, "Yeah, you can hold it, but like it's never been measured. It's never been put under a microscope. It's it's too sensitive to light." Oh, isn't that convenient?
1: That's very convenient.
0: The things we have measured that are sensitive to light. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But okay, she suggested the movie Chronicle that would help us understand telekinesis. Oh yeah,
1: but it's not a consciential movie. Oh, did she say that? Some of the boys were immature. She's just letting us know, you know, there's bad things that happen in this movie. She's not fully endorsing everything these boys do. They didn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Some of them use their powers for bad, essentially. Oh,
0: okay. So I guess this is where we did our first exercise. So we did a velo, uh, a delightful little velo. It was a velo, then exteriorization, then absorption, then a velo. I wrote down that I I felt very blissful.
1: Yeah. And she asked us to recount what had happened during those different sections and where did you feel the best? So I I really liked the absorption. I could feel that because I think it was a cold room
0: Uh and I could
1: very easily kind of visualize the temperature changes on my skin being energy being absorbed into me. And so I could visualize that. It was pretty cool. Nice. It worked.
0: That's funny because I find the absorption kind of harder to do than the like sending out energy feelings.
1: Yeah, Irma had this one story about when they were doing these exercises and someone had astral projected into the next room at this you know building where we were. Irma just tells us, you know, oh, she described the room and I had been in there and no one else had seen it. And sure enough, she had gotten, the, it was a yoga studio and she'd gotten the layout of the furniture correct.
0: Oh, and there's no way for her to see it because...
1: And no way are- for us to verify that story.
0: Ooh, true. And rooms have no windows or doors. There's no way she could possibly have <laughs> seen Sure,
1: <laughs> sure. She could have walked by, wasn't too impressed by that particular yep. story. Okay, so there But was, I'm sure all the laws of physics are wrong. <laughs>
0: True. There was one weird thing though that happened during this exercise that I remembered immediately had happened during our first CDP where Irma told us not to picture what uh, we were doing. She's yes. like, now don't picture the orb of light going up and down. Don't picture the energy being sent through your body. And that tripped me up every time. I kept being like, okay, don't picture it. Don't say
1: that. Yeah, that threw me off too. Yeah,
0: and I'm not even... A lot of people say like, oh, I'm a really visual person. I don't feel that way particularly. Yeah. But still, if you say orb of light, that's it, a visual phrase. I'm yeah, going to picture it. When
1: we're doing the velo, she's saying, okay, now concentrate all your energy either at the top of your head or at the very bottom of your feet and have it all ball up there and one big ball of energy. Send it all down there. But don't picture it. Like, wait, what? What? No. Yeah. I'm going to picture it. What are you, yeah, what are you talking it's about? It's so
0: strange. And I mean, I think she meant, and I clarified this later. And she did mean don't use the picture as a substitute, like, do uh, be attempting to feel the feelings, sure, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's part and parcel with me, yeah, imagining it,
0: right? Yeah. And you know what? Even if you did use it as a substitute, that's probably step one for some people. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I found that like really disruptive. And I tried to kind of politely share that with her. Say like, I'm just going to share with you that that actually was kind of confusing mm-hmm. for me. And it was the first time too. Yeah. She was like polite about that, but just kind of like, okay, well.
1: We have a script. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: this, but I think you misunderstood it.
1: Definitely. It's an area where she and Eddie are different right. in their approach. And yeah. he'll tell you to visualize. Right. That's why we like Eddie.
0: We like Eddie. I mean, I like Guillermo, too. Oh, but wait. that particular thing was annoying. Anyway, so then we went to break. Woohoo!
1: And- time for Carrie to get a burrito. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't lunch break yet.
0: You're right. But time for us to pee or poop if needed. Yay. I didn't need to poop, though.
1: Very convenient for me because I get a bathroom all to myself because I'm the only guy.
0: Okay, so when we get back, Judy is going on about why she was late.
1: She would.
0: Um, Mercury's in retrograde, and she's usually on time, and no one cares, Judy. No one cares.
1: So we hop back into our lessons. Irma recommends demystifying the out-of-body experience, and Carrie's like, I bought that.
0: Yeah, it's not here yet, but I have purchased it. And she also recommended Projectiology, a book that is, let's see how many pages this fucker is. Hear that, America and the world? (laughs) Oh my God. Well, there's notes in the back. Okay. 1219 pages. Oh
1: my goodness. It's huge. It's a gigantic book. It's huge.
0: That is including... A bibliography and stuff. Okay. It's probably more like a thousand.
1: Oh, it's good. Yeah, they were even talking about it in the class. They were saying like, yeah, it's crazy. They use really tiny font.
0: It's a fairly average. I mean, it's a small font, but it's an average small. It's not like the Bible.
1: Okay, Yeah. but large pages. Yeah, this thing is freaking huge. Yeah, it's it's pretty darn
0: big. Um, So you're going to read
1: all that, Carrie?
0: Probably not all of it, but it is, I mean, it's definitely a resource book and it's well formatted. So Hmm. I I think it will be good to skip around too. Okay,
1: and uh, yeah, definitely the first book you go to if there's an intruder, you use that (laughs) to knock them out.
0: Yep, we already bought both of these. Well, they belong to both of us. We split the cost.
1: All right, so we got some reading material. Yeah. So uh, next we learned a bunch of techniques to get you into that astral travel state. It's funny, she was telling us like different techniques work for different people. That's why we have them.
0: No one technique gets everyone out of the body.
1: But you know what? Just go ahead and try it and don't reject it. Don't try to inject your own methods that you've read about right now. Just follow along with these techniques and don't disregard them until you've tried them out, say, 15 times.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of trying. And
1: so I was like, oh, so don't knock it until you try it 15 times. Right. And she's like, yes, that's right. Right.
0: Yeah, I didn't even see the humor in that. Right. She's like, that's correct.
1: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: uh huh. Yeah, she said, don't be turned off by any technique. And actually, she said, the one that sounds the most boring or unappealing to you might be the one that gets you out of the body i don't know how many right. times i've seen that
1: and she told us not to rely on any crutches like charms she knows well, she
0: said she didn't tell us not to she said it's fine if you want to use a charm or whatever it's fine but it is a crutch so
1: but she said there's like a lot of nonsense out there people say like oh you have to be on a straw mat on the right. dirt or you have to be a vegetarian right or you need a crystal she had a friend who required this crystal and she didn't know if that was like the dumbo's black feather
0: yeah it was It's kind of funny, though, the way she was talking about that, because obviously she's right. Like, these things aren't necessary. But then she kind of seemed to be also saying, like, don't do it in a sense. But I was like, I mean, if it helps you, who cares? Oh, sure. If it gets you there.
1: So uh, next, if you're getting ready to astral travel, just relax. Uh, Your body needs to be as comfortable as possible. Right. So take care of all of your excreting and eating, but don't eat too much.
0: Bring pajamas. Don't have, a, don't
1: have a bunch of sugar. Right. She's telling us about a group before that ate cake before they did the class. And she's like, and th- that's fine. They can do that. But they <laughs> don't had all
0: think the that- <laughs> Yeah,
1: I don't think that's going to help you.
0: Uh, now we're going to get emails about whether sugar rushes are a real thing. We don't. No, thank you.
1: Yes, yes, we know that sugar rushes are probably not a thing.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Don't get too raucous or social right before. Like you want to be in a sort of meditative place. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
1: Makes sense. They weren't to say if we started snoring, they were going to lightly tap us on the feet.
0: Right. You want to have goals, not necessarily expectations, but goals. It's amazing that we get to do this at all. So, you know, you don't need to make these goals that it's like... I am going to do X tonight, and if I don't, then I failed. You just want to have a goal like, it would be awesome if I could do X. Yeah. If I get to do anything at all, that's neat.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It was interesting. At this point, she told us about a conference they have every year. And I guess the last one was in Florida. And she said that.
0: Next one's in Florida, too. I looked it up. Yeah. Oh,
1: cool. They will uh, put objects in like one of the hotel rooms and they'll have like a third party proctor do this. So, so they don't know double blinding. That's cool. Great. And then they'll have people project into those rooms to see the objects. And always people will tell that kind of story. And I'll be like, okay, dot, dot, dot. And what happened? Right. Did anyone get it right? Uh (laughs) She's like, and that's part of how we do our experimentation here at the IAC. Uh A very scientific Uh method.
0: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Moving on. Oh, they did say that if you snore, that doesn't mean you aren't projected. Right. So they will wake you up if you snore. or you Just
1: because of others.
0: Right. Because you're going to distract other people. Yeah, they
1: said that any little sound can cause painful ripples on the psychosoma. Sure. I want you all to remember that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, your physical body might be snoring and your psychosoma might just overhear it and think it's your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And it was your neighbor, your physical body neighbor. Oh, oh I boy. was beside myself. Exactly. One woman asked if animals see us walking around when we're in our spirit bodies, and Irma said, Yeah, actually, when my grandpa died, the grandpa's dog would go to the same spot every day, expecting her grandpa to come home from work, even though he wasn't coming home. Oh, right. And it was probably because his spirit was coming home from work. Those are really sweet stories that seem to take away the actual star of the story, The dog who's being really loyal and missing his companion and going back saying, are you back, instead of seeing a goddamn ghost.
1: Right. Carrie is upset. These dogs have not been given their due. Exactly. Carrie is not happy.
0: Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Psychophysiological self-relaxation technique. You know, I like that they give them these nice, punchy names. They make them easy to say. Let's count the
1: syllables. Psychophysiological. No, eight syllables.
0: Psychophysiological self-relaxation technique.
1: Well, there's an International Academy of Consciousness term if I've ever heard one. 15. Ooh, okay.
0: That's connecting with our essence. It's a self-induced anesthesia through muscle contractions.
1: That sentence was probably still fewer syllables than (laughs) the title itself.
0: Self-induced anesthesia through muscle contractions. It's (laughs) what? Are you serious? Yeah, that's 13.
1: That's Uh, amazing.
0: (laughs) So this is what we're going to do in one of our exercises is mm-hmm. basically use muscle contractions to yeah, deaden our nerves a little bit, lose our sense of kinesthesia, mm-hmm. and yeah, it makes it like harder to sense your body in space.
1: Yeah, so you kind of scrunch up some muscles in kind of one part of your body, your face, your arms, whatever, and then you loosen them. Yep. Yep.
0: And you start to lose sense of where your body is in space and that... Uh, Start to give you a little bit of a sense good of good technique experience.
1: And they warn you. Yeah, like really good. You may feel like an itch on your nose and you want to take care of it, but don't do it. Be careful. Maybe that itch is actually just energy.
0: energy. <laughs> I mean, and good grief, there's a real tip there, which is try not to scratch it because you're going to ruin your progress. <laughs> but
1: they turn it into but a instead, energy source.
0: Yeah. Sure. Why on. not?
1: Well, maybe that's a helpful way to keep you out of your head if you're inclined to keep scratching or something. Yeah, I
0: guess so. Uh, okay. And they said, so once you don't feel your own shape, you're going to start focusing on your goals. So for me, that goal again was to feel... The uh, ground beneath my feet.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, she had us all get out our mats and blankets and pillows, and we laid down, and she walked us through kind of a meditation where she had us scrunch up different parts of our body and then relax them. And,
0: and all the lights are off.
1: Oh, yeah, and the mm-hmm. air conditioner's off, and it gets pretty quiet in there. They did a pretty good job. You mm-hmm. can, It's so quiet that you can actually hear the cars out on the street Very faintly. So she kind of walked us through that. And I went very deeply into sleep for a bit. (laughs) And I guess she had to tap me on the toe. She did
0: tap you on the foot.
1: I started uh, snoring, but I came back. I think it must have been right after that. Because I remember kind of snapping to all of a sudden and just having this instant sensation that, whoa, I wasn't thinking of anything. I just Mm. felt like I'd come out of a void. And there was a good, I don't know, at least 10 seconds there where like, I didn't have any sensation of my body. Uh I just felt like a floating consciousness in the darkness. Wow. And that was cool. cool. So, yeah, nice. Seemed like a good step.
0: Yeah, for sure. Judy was next to me. Judy was. I heard
1: her constantly.
0: Yeah, she was snoring a bit and like making some pretty pronounced breathing sounds, which is fine. Like, I was mostly able to tune her out.
1: We did this for like a full hour almost.
0: Yeah. Let's see. I wrote down that I had a very minor exteriorization, but that she said I did great, that a lot of people don't feel anything at this point. I did feel my. My, my hands float just a little bit oh. um they felt just a little bit above where they really were
1: Good work
0: yeah you know these are fe- I've had these feelings before and never connected them to out of body experiences but I've had the feeling of oh I see where my hand is but it feels like it's somewhere else Have mm-hmm. you had that feeling before
1: um no not really
0: huh okay I've had this
1: I guess only a long like time. where like a limb has gone to sleep.
0: Okay, yeah, I kind of associate it with that. Uh, I have it sometimes, this is going to sound scary, when I'm driving. Like I'll see my hands on the wheel and just very slightly I'll think like, oh, it feels like my hands are upturned instead of upside down on the
1: wheel. That is scary, Carrie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Usually I I can lay in a spot and like not feel my body after a little bit of time if I want to. So I don't know. Those those sensations aren't super new to me, but I never connected them to OBEs. Okay. Maybe they'll help me. Yeah. But speaking of that, Judy, Uh, before we started, was like, oh, I can make my body just like disappear right away. So if we're just trying to not feel our bodies, I can just do that. Um, So should I just start focusing on the goal right away? (laughs) And Irma's like, uh, sure, yeah, if you can get there, that's fine. And I knew right away. I was like, oh, no, you're going to be trouble. Uh, And she was, wasn't she? Oh,
1: yeah, she's like, I have no problem remaining completely still. And nope, nope, she's making all kinds of noise. Yeah, I heard her constantly, like, softly snoring. Mm -hmm. To your credit, I heard nothing from your corner. Thank you. Absolutely nothing.
0: And then when we all came to, she tried to pin her snoring on me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. She
0: immediately was like... She was like snore
1: shaming you and you didn't do snoring at all.
0: And she was asking me, she's like... Was I snoring? And I was trying to be polite. And I'm like, "Mm, hmm, I'm not sure. Uh, You know, if you were, it was light. And she's like, because I heard you snoring. You were snoring. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Then the teacher's like, no, about me. No, she wasn't snoring. I don't think so. Anyway, uh, we came to be real annoyed (laughs) with uh, Judy.
1: And uh, after that, it was time to put all our stuff in the cubby hole because we were going to be back the next day.
0: But before we went, we did get to ask Irma, how many OBEs she has oh, yeah. in a year. And she said she has about one a week uh, and about one to two quality ones a month.
1: She really had to think about it. But uh, yeah, that's those are impressive numbers. Yeah. Well... That's it for our investigation of CDP2 day
0: one. (laughs) Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
1: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
0: This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa.
1: You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And there you'll find pictures and videos and stuff to like.
0: And find our other Facebook page, facebook.com slash oneric, O-N-E-I-R-I-C. I think.
1: No, you can't.
0: Yes, you can. And you can follow us on Twitter at Ono oh Podcast, O H N O P O D C A S T.
1: Find us on Greta.com and you can find Ono oh Podcast there. And that's a great place to share quotes from the show or share the show with people who can't listen to audio too well.
0: Yeah. And you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFund.org forward slash donate, D O N A
1: T E. Then you'll be one of our donors, one of our favorite people.
0: D O N O R S. And remember... (laughs) R-E-F.
1: Okay, what are you hearing, Carrie?
0: Laurel? What do you hear? Yanny. Are you kidding?
1: Yanny. Yanny. That is... Wild! Now I've trained myself. If I focus, I can totally hear the... Laurel.
0: Yeah, that's all I hear. Laurel. No Yanny? No. Okay, so do it along with it again. Yeah.
1: Yanny, Yanny. <laughs> it
0: Yanny. feels so much like you're, a prank is being
1: <laughs> pulled <laughs>. On, <laughs> on me. No, I know <laughs> that <laughs> you're I'm not. With her. Okay. But
0: if if thousands of people didn't Yanny. agree with you, I would be like, okay, Ross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that's what first stood out to me. But then I can hear Laurel. Laurel.
0: I can't Laurel. hear Yanny no matter what I do.
1: Amazing. Okay.
0: That's so nuts. It feels like being gaslit. <laughs> it really does.
1: Wow. Oh, weird. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I tried this on a lot of different people and a lot of different devices. Yeah. It was only on my AirPods that I heard Laurel. That's first. a real,
0: real statement about the human mind, though. Yeah. Our perceptions are yeah. very different.
1: And before we get a bunch of messages about it, yes, both sounds are in there, they're just on different frequencies. So.
0: Yeah, no. it depends on your ear. How your you're calibrated ear. and the
1: device that you're listening to. And how far away it is, too. That can make a difference.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, either way, we're now on the Max Fun Network. And uh, I would like it if you checked it out. Uh, it's a lot less... Professional than what you're hearing right now. Um, sp-
1: speaking of not as professional, I just it's a minute. I, no, I just I just hit record just <laughs> twenty seconds ago. Oh, so we got the end of that. So just give us the I head again. Say?
0: All right. Hey, my name is Jonah well, Ray. My, my, no, it doesn't matter, Neil. My name is Jonah Ray. Uh, this is uh, I have a podcast uh, called Jonah Radio with my friends Cash. Oh, you gave and a, your credits Neil. at the top. Um, no, it wasn't recorded. That's exactly no, 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 what but he just said. Now, now you got to do your credits. Where do people know you from? <sighs> Forget it. Listen to Jonah Radio on MaxFun.org.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.